Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. When you pick up some scratches because you want a fun break, the playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cap. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ with your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer because when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California lottery, a little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase, play, or claim. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we talk about the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. Um, This week we are talking Neurotic Men with Mommy Issues, a one-shot murder mystery, Mommies and Maggots, it, I don't know how I'm supposed to say this. It's trimming season and all the girls be needed. Okay, thank you. Need some good weed (laughs) or something like that. I don't know. Um... (laughs) Dracula and a unique take on found footage. Yeah. Sorry, I was like, I am not, I can't I read. I, I don't know how to read. <laughs> I don't know what the tune is here. 
I put it out. It's trim dash ing c dash yeah, z. So I, you know, so I get sorry. it. I get it. Did not register. I like it. I like well, I mean, what you I were thought, going I for. Maybe we, but I, I well, I thought because like I did um everybody melt your body that one time and you were like right there. I was, so I was like maybe she'll get this. My one. brain's a little bit slow right yeah. now, so I'm gonna blame that. Yeah, yeah, it's been a weird one, but that's okay. Yeah. But many a movie, many a many a thing to talk about. So many a thing um let's start off with neurotic men and mommy issues so i have (laughs) i can finally talk about a bunch of stuff that i have seen and i have seen a lot of these Mm -hmm. like bigger upcoming releases so this is bo is afraid ari aster's third Mm. feature film um his most chaotic his weirdest (laughs) um i think probably the most authentically aster i mean i don't obviously have like any i don't know the guy but just like from watching his short films and seeing kind of like the the darker comedy that he leaned into with a lot of his earlier work. And you kind of see like whispers of that in Hereditary and Midsommar. But this one is very much like A24 said, here, have as much money as you want to make the weirdest thing you possibly can. And that is basically what Bo is afraid is. Um, it's like a simple premise uh, Joaquin Phoenix plays a paranoid man named Bo who is going on a journey um, home to visit his mother. But mm-hmm. it's a three hour long, like, here perverted hero's journey with like a twinge of an Oedipal complex. And it's, it is one of the best representations of intrusive thoughts I've seen in cinema because yeah. The way that I interpreted it, because I think it's like, it's going to have, it's going to be one of those movies where everyone has like a different interpretation because a lot of it is just like, huh? But a lot of the world is like very much exaggerated and it feels like the way, it feels like a manifestation of the way you think when you catastrophize and have intrusive thoughts and like have anxiety and like expect the worst from things. This world is basically that like come to fruition and it is ridiculous and wild but also very well thought out Mm. and Joaquin Phoenix is of course incredible he is like the schlubbiest most pathetic man I've ever seen in this movie the supporting cast is incredible Patti LuPone plays his mom and like she fucking kills it I mean just like she's great it's so hard to talk about this movie because like it's I don't want to spoil things but it's hard to spoil because this movie is really an experience more than it is a movie like it does not feel like three hours. I think it's paced incredibly well. And I think, like, it's okay. the three hours is kind of part of the journey and the experience. I mean, I think that parts of it do drag a little bit because it's a three-hour-long movie. But it, I, I do think that there's so much going on to, like, an overwhelming point that it's, like, overstimulating. And that's kind of what I got. I was like, this needs to be over. Like, I am overstimulated. I am very... There's... So many things happening on the screen in front of me, and I don't have enough time to process it because it's moving so fast. So, like, what you're saying right now reminds me of Mother. Yeah, so it's been compared to Mother, which okay. is wild because I liked this, but I didn't like Mother. I had not seen Mother <laughs> in a long time. I loved Mother. I fucking hate that movie. But again, haven't seen it in a while. But it has like it has a it feels kind of like mother. I also it kind of feels like a perverted Wes Anderson movie a little bit. The trailers look, give that sort of whimsical Wes Anderson quality. Yeah, through like <laughs> the looking glass. Yeah, exactly. So it's it is very much like 
almost like vignettes of like a hero's journey where like he is with people like a group for a certain period of time and then something happens and he moves on to the next group of people so it gets why it feels like it moves so fast because you're moving through different groups and ridiculous nightmare scenarios so it feels a little less it's a little bit easier to to chew and digest basically to like put it that way yeah how does it how would you rate it comparison to the other two in terms of like which of his are, is your favorite? So, or are you leaning towards? I, Hereditary is like my number one. Bo mm-hmm. is Afraid and Midsummer for me. Okay. Um, and just as like a preface, this is nothing like Hereditary and Midsummer. Like, you are not going to get Aster's two previous movies, while they're like very subversive in specific ways, they're very conventional at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're working within genre mm-hmm. conventions that we're aware of. He is making really good movies, but again, like, he's working within, like, traditional narrative conventions. It's pretty easy to follow the stories kind of thing. Um, This is very experimental. It's very funny. It's not... It is really... It's anxiety-inducing intense, but it's not necessarily a horror movie. Um, Unless you want to talk about the horrors of the mind, etc., etc. But, like, it again, like... This is going to be a very interesting one to see what reactions are going to be like because it is so different. So all of the A24 girlies who have made his movies their personality, like I'm very curious how they're going to feel about this one because it's just so different. And um, Purpurina, there is not an intermission. Unfortunately, there is no intermission. I know that RRR um, cares about us as people and gives us a break, but Aster said no. Yeah, so just like get right, just pee right before. (laughs) And I drank drank a margarita while I watched it, and I was good, but I did have to pee afterward. But I I, I was, I nursed that margarita because I was like, I don't want to have to get up. Because this is a movie where you get up and you come back and you're going to be in like a completely different place. And you're going to be like, (laughs) what happened? Like the the guy sitting next to me got up and came back and like his, I was like, I feel bad for your wife who has to like explain what happened to you, like happened. Because again, like there's not really a moment that you can really get up and come back and understand. But at the same time, like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a journey. And I really liked it. I really liked it. But again, it's going to be one of those divisive movies that everyone's going to be arguing about. It's going to set off discourse all over the place. Aster's just like a weird fucking dude. Just a weirdo. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited to see it. This, I just like, he's so private, but he has so many mommy issues. Like, it's incredible. And like, maybe Mm. one day he'll open up about it. But at the same time, like, he's not obligated to. It's just like, and maybe I am just like projecting too much parasocial bullshit onto this director. It's just like, I just... You have so many. All of the through line of all of your movies is like relationship problems with the with the parent. For the I mean, like Midsummer was parent, that was mm-hmm. at the beginning, but still, like. Yeah. But anyway, I really enjoyed it. It's fucking nuts. It's gonna be overstimulating. It's overstimulating. It makes it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But just kind of like give yourself over to it and kind of just like let yourself be like kind of. It's like a riptide. Just like don't fight it. Just go with the flow, and then it'll dump you out when it's done, and you'll be exhausted, but you'll be alive. <laughs> Don't swim against the current. I guess that's like, let it that's not the out. most endure like the most positive metaphor I probably could have come up with for this movie. Probably not, but it is edible movie vibes. I did not see this stoned. Um, I've been doing less of that. Um, 
But yeah. So, Bo is afraid. Hell yeah. Wild. What's this one-shot murder mystery? I love a good one-shot murder mystery. I mean, who doesn't? And this continues the A24 train because... Uh, so we're going to both be covering uh, Panic Fest this weekend. Um, the embargo up on re- is up on reviews. I've only seen a few movies um, already. We'll be watching a whole lot this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I did watch because I got I did get a screener for it and it had like a short view window was uh, Medusa Deluxe. Oh which yeah, is um, an A twenty four movie that it will be coming out um, I think in June, and it is. A murder mystery set in a competitive hairdressing competition. I just feel like it's such such a good setting. I just, and I've heard of this, and I'm so excited to hear you talk about it, because I just feel like it's such a good place to put something fucked up happening. Yeah, and so it opens up with, uh, and you start to like very quickly realize that this is going to be a one-take kind of movie, where the camera is focusing on this woman who is doing... I, I mean, the, the character's hair in this in this movie look like they belong in Whoville. It's very avant-garde, up-top, little Cindy Woohoo type, you know, shtick. And this woman is doing someone's hair while talking about the fact that uh, the person that is um, one of uh, the people, I, I believe... I have to go back and look at my notes, but I believe that he owns, the comp- or owns like a competing studio to hers was found this morning scalped at the hairdressing competition. And so the camera starts to follow people and start to like, you start to like think, is it this person? Is it this person? As the camera will follow someone and then veer off and follow someone else. Okay. um, And sort of like kind of go behind the scenes of like this drama that unfolds. And you start to see that all these people had issues with this guy that was scalped. Um, and see that like there's a lot more other nefarious things might be going on in the background of this competition. Is it fixed? That kind of stuff. Why was he scalped? There's this uh, security guard that's walking around cleaning up after blood, and you're like, what is go- What's his story? Uh, the woman that we open the movie with is is like talking about her own problems with this guy, and so there's a lot of there's a lot of little uh, bickering. And a lot of little uh, story threads that could potentially kind of point to either, you know, um, a red herring or be an actual uh, clue for what's going on. And it plays out, again, in one real time, one long take. Why is everyone doing that now? Not everyone. But I feel like, why are we doing this to ourselves? (laughs) I mean, look, I respect it. But just like... (gasps) I do too. I will say it, it does... In some parts, it kind of brought down my experience of this movie oh. because there's a lot of walking. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of times where it's just basically padding out that runtime because person oh. has to get from X to, to okay. Y. And so it just feels like, okay, we're following them. We're following them. Sometimes interesting things happen. Yeah. But it is a, there's a lot of walking in that middle section as the camera continues to follow people. Um but I think it's really, in, I think it's, I think it's fun. Um, I don't think it's one of the best A24 movies I've seen, but um, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's one that I'll probably either end up owning or going back to, but for what it was, it was a wild trip. It does this really cool thing at one point where there is a time jump, but it's happening while the camera is moving. 
And so there's like interesting things that at play there, like technically that I think is really kind of cool the way that they uh, stage some of the things that happen. <gasps> so it's, it's, it's fun. I think, I think I'm curious to see what the writer director, Thomas Hardiman, I'm curious to see what he's going to do next. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and it is playing it. Uh, Panic Fest this weekend. Okay, that was one of the ones I'm going to request, so I'm very excited to check that one out. Yeah, I think it's worth a watch. Cool. I do. Sick. Going back to, to mommy issues or something, mommies and maggots. Mommies and maggots, uh, I'm really excited bitch. about this one. Um, I'm not going to say too much, because I know that everyone is like, it isn't, isn't going to be out for another week, but this is Evil Dead Rise, obviously. Uh, I hosted a screening last week. And I got to see it in all of its disgusting, bloody glory. And I really enjoyed it. Um, This is the fifth one, directed by Lee Cronin, who did A Hole in the Ground. And instead of being... Underrated. Underrated, I know. A Hole in the Ground. Um, So kind of taking us from the woods of the most of the Evil Dead movies, Sans Army of Darkness. Taking what's going on, um, what is like we've seen with the Necronomicon and the demons and placing it within an LA high-rise apartment where we have a woman who is a roadie basically um kind of realizing fuck like I am doing a lot of drugs and getting wasted and she's pregnant and she's like I need to go see my family so she goes and her only family is her sister and her sister's three kids goes to visit her sister and her three kids and then shit goes down and, and it's mean. This movie is not afraid to be mean. It's not afraid mm. to kill people of all ages. It is just absolutely gnarly. Um, there are some parts of it that I was like a little bit iffy on, but that's fine. I think that they lean too much into motherhood stuff in a way that like really annoyed me. Um, okay. But that's just me. Um, and then I wanted just a little bit more humor in it. Um, it definitely is like very self-serious in what it's doing, which is fine. It's just, and like, there are some callbacks to stuff in Evil Dead, like the original ones. And I think it does do like a good job with homaging. I just think it's a little bit serious, but that's, I mean, like, again, that's fine. I think Elisa Sutherland, who plays the mom, who is like the kind of main demon, as we've seen in the in the trailers and mm-hmm. stuff she is fucking incredible like she is terrifying and the physicality and her facial expressions like oh my god she's incredible it's just like a mean nasty movie at the beginning like the the cold open just like really gets right to it it's so so yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely worth the hype hell yeah i'm so excited what cuz i think i do think the last one was kind of self-serious in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. Is it, is there callbacks to that at all? Not that I can like true, like okay. remember. I have to watch it again. It was mostly like like callbacks just like to the predecessors. Yeah, you're right. Because as, as I was saying, like, the 2013 one is like self-serious, but. I think there's like a, a tinge of dark comedy to that one though. Like yeah. I think that what happens in it is, is a little self-serious, but. I think because it's so over the top in like a woman cutting off her arm or yeah. slicing her tongue in two, that there's a little bit of dark comedy that kind of comes with that nature, so, if that makes yeah. sense. This one is over the top, but not in a way that kind of is campy. It's like fucked up. Okay. So okay. like, it's just like, 
at one point she calls her kids titty sucking parasites, which was like, that was funny. <laughs> like, I wanted more of that. So, like, they had, like, these yeah. twinges of, like, incredible <laughs> lines that I wanted more of. I know. It was, inc- no, like, I'm telling, when I'm not, when I'm telling you, it, it's, like, the most incredible line. And I was like, see, like, that's why I love Evil Dead movies, because they say these depraved things that are both really funny, but, like, pretty fucked up and, co- like, if you really, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. fucked up, but it's so fucked up that you have to laugh. It's mean, it's gnarly, it's bloody. So, I mean, like, what, what could you, what else could you ask for? I'm so excited. Yeah. This has been a busy month. I can't. I have April's to April's really, because I have another fucking movie, and there's a couple other ones coming out, too. And there's Dead Ringers show that I'll talk about next week, because I don't, I was like, I have, there's too many things to talk about. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking of which, can I add an addition to Yeah, mine? oh, duh. <laughs> I just, like, cannot believe how much stuff is coming out in April and March. Like, it's super weird. I feel like I don't know anything coming out in the summer at this point. Uh, that's probably a lie, but, like, right now, I just feel like everything is coming out now. Ugh. But, yeah. and I'll I'll talk about this again but it, with my next one, but it's, like, it is cool to get to see all of these movies coming to theaters. And, like, I know that we are still in a pandemic. It's a different, like, the way people are dealing with it is obviously very different. And if you still aren't comfortable going to theaters, please don't go. It's just, it's really cool right. to have theaters coming back for better for worse i know that there's a lot of complicated feelings around that because i definitely have complicated feelings around that but it is it is kind of cool to see all of these horror movies like getting so much attention because i feel like so many of these big theatrical releases right now are horror or horror adjacent and it's just cool to see the genre getting that much love um yeah so hopefully that can it's like an upward trajectory hopefully but uh yeah it's gymming season and all the girls be needing. All the girls be needing. I need a fat joint. I need a fat joint. I need a fat joint. <laughs> all right. I think I know what this is, but Yay! tell me about this movie from Panic Fest. Okay. So this is the debut feature film, I believe. Uh, so this is her second feature, um, Ariel Vita, yeah. who has been a production designer on a lot of, if not most of, um, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's films. On The Endless, Something in the Dirt. She was a production designer for uh, She Dies Tomorrow by Amy Simitz. She's done a lot of of that type of work. And then she had a movie that came out in 2022, it looks like, called Vide Noir. And then she has a a new film premiering at... Uh, panic fest called trim season and trim season is about a group of young people who end up getting recruited um, through a friend who is seeing some guy and he uh, has he's recruiting the two girls who want to make like basically five grand in two weeks pretty much Um, one of them is going through some financial situations she just got fired from her job Um, Her car is breaking down. Her phone is cracked. She is getting evicted by her roommate. So she really needs the money. And they are going to go with a couple other people up to a remote marijuana farm to trim marijuana leaves? Or the bugs? (laughs) I learned more about about the actual process of harvesting. I I mean, I don't know anything about harvesting. 
look, I buy it pre like post-harvested in a bag, and I'm just like, cool, I don't know anything about the process of getting this to this point, but thank you for your service. Yeah, and so, <laughs> and so it's, it's, um, yeah, so. <laughs> is it a slasher? It's, no, it is, let me. Okay, Sorry, let me I'm asking to, questions. I, I want to, no, I'm, I'm glad you are. I'm just, I. Trim season, if I were to, like, describe it, I had to think of, of the exact, the best way that I'm going to be probably describing it in my review. Trim season is Suspiria in a weed field. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, man. And it's directed by a woman? Oh, my God. This is my shit. You have spoken to my soul on the deepest level possible. <laughs> and, yeah, it, it's so, it's a bunch of women who are going up to this this remote place to trim buds and weird witchy things are happening around them. There is this woman who is decked out in leather gloves and looking like a goth queen just walking among the people who owns this farm. And she seems a little witchy. There's like weird things happening. The cast is stacked. We have Bethlehem Million, who was in Sick recently, the slasher uh, that we saw back in January. She was in that. Um, Alex, Alex Esso from all the Flanagan stuff is in it. She was, um, she was in Dr. Sleep. She was in Hill House. She's been in a lot of Flanagan oh. stuff. Uh, Bex Taylor Klaus oh. is, is playing a character in it. Man, you really are just this. like saying so many like sexy words to me right now. You said, you, when you fucking said, uh, Suspiria in a weed field, I was like, I am in heaven. It's definitely, so it definitely has that, um, it's, it looks really good, but I, it is, it's an indie film. Um, but it definitely gives me sort of giallo aesthetics, um, Suspiria aesthetics, witchy goodness going on there. So I'm going to stick by it. That's what I'm going to call it. It's also playing at Panic Fest this weekend. Um, I really enjoyed this Fuck one. Yeah. A lot. I was went into it ex- excited to see it, and I, I was I really enjoyed it. It was a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. Good witchy goodness. Good witchy wow. goodness. That was a lot of goods. But oh fuck yeah. Okay, cool. I'm dog sitting this weekend, so I'm like, gonna be by myself in like the house where the ghost ah. thing happened the last time. Um, so yes. I'm like so stoked to just like watch a bunch of horror movies with these two dogs and like maybe have a ghost manifest again. We'll see. As long as they don't damage your microphone. I know. So we'll see if they hit the microphone off the table again. Um, we'll see. Anyway. Oh, gosh. Panic um, Fest rules. Panic Fest has so many cool movies. I'm, like, super stoked to watch. I love Panic Fest. There's, like, so many movies that I hadn't really heard of before this festival. When you pick up some scratches because you want a fun break, the playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cap. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ with your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer because when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California lottery, a little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase, play, or claim. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. 
That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. And they're mm-hmm. always, they always deliver some like really cool shit. So I'm super excited to just like dig into the, cause I need, I need to request a bunch of stuff, but I have a list and I'm just like, there's just so much good cinema. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is one I definitely, I would, I would, I would recommend, especially if Suspiria in a weed field tickles your funny bone. Cool. As I think that it should. That sounds good. Let's hear about Dracula. Uh, that's so funny. It's so funny. I just got a message from Josh Korngut saying my trim season review is, re- review is ready for you to look at. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully he liked it. So I saw Renfields, which is also out, um, as of the publication of this episode, which is the Chris McKay film starring Nicholas Holt as Renfield and um, Nicholas Cage as Dracula. And I had a lot of fun. Like, it's not like a game changer, but like, it's super dumb. And so like, it kind of knows what it is. I feel like there are points where like, it might be trying like a little bit too hard, but it also like, it's a horror comedy that isn't afraid to be disgusting. I feel like so often horror comedies, like, aren't gory. This one is, like, blood everywhere. Like, this one is, like, limbs getting pulled off. Like, ridiculous death upon ridiculous death. And I love that. Because, again, I feel like with horror comedies, it's, like, they don't want to add the gore. But here, they really go for the horror nastiness so to like make up for a lot of the jokes that are happening and like the like it's so it's like it is pretty funny they add in lots of like gratuitous violence in a way that I'm like okay I I they they did a good job balancing because I think again it is so hard to balance those two Holt is a cutie Nicolas Cage is having so much fun as like and the the metaphor the trailer show too much which is annoying but like the trick. Like, the whole like metaphor about being in a codependent relationship is like really funny. It's just like the whole thing is ridiculous. Um, Aquafina is fine, but it's just fun. It's just like stupid, dumb fun. Like that you go to the movie theaters to see. Like it's the perfect popcorn movie to go see with some friends in the movie theater on like a Saturday night. Like it's exactly what it is. Like, and I love that though. Like we've, you know, we have like Bo is Afraid and Evil Dead Rise coming out. They got fucking Renfield at the, like, at the same time. Like I just, <laughs> I love that. And Renfield is like so much fun. I I hope people go see it because I think it is a really good theater movie. Like at one point, someone in my, like, the, ex- the group experience of some of the deaths and like someone at one point yelled in my theater, that was some Mortal Kombat shit. <laughs> Twice. So, like, that should kind of prepare you for, like, what you're going to see. And I love that. I didn't expect it to be as violent. And, like, okay, I love that for it. The comedy is, there's only a couple annoying poop jokes where I'm like, god damn it, guys. Like, we can, you guys have so many other jokes in this that are funny that you don't have to talk about poop. But I also really, 
I really love, okay, one of the poop jokes was Fantastic Purpurina. I did like one of the poop jokes, but the rest of them, there weren't that many. But yeah, it's just fun. It's good, dumb fun. There's some really good callbacks to the original 1931 Bela Lugosi Dracula with like black and white, like the shots of the eyes with Nicolas Cage's Dracula. Like it was just, it's, Nicolas Cage was born to play this role. It was really fun to watch him just like ham it up and just be ridiculous. Uh, It definitely sounds like he cannot talk with those teeth in, which is so funny. (laughs) But just the whole thing is ridiculous and fun. Like, it's just a fun horror movie. Like, you know, I talked about, like I said, I talked about two, like, very, like, serious, like, cerebral movies, and then there's this one. And I'm like, I love horror. It's just, like, it's just fucking fun. So you can either go see Bo is Afraid or Renfield this weekend. I feel like Renfield will probably get more attention than Bo is Afraid, um, for a lot of oh, reasons. See, and it's not playing here. Bo is not, it was afraid it's not playing here until the next following week. It's being lumped in with uh, Evil Dead Rise. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, they're, they're probably, A24 really is probably like, fuck. <laughs> but like, Renfield is the kind of movie that is going to get people into, see, into seats. You know what I mean? Like, it's got that mass mm-hmm. appeal to all people, like people who love horror for all types of reasons. It isn't like an elevated or like whatever. It's just very much like, of a horror movie that is made for like all types of horror fans. So I, I think that one's going to play really well, like in theaters with audiences. Um, I really, I was, I was surprised how much I had fun with it. I went in with very low expectations <laughs> and I was surprised. Um, also, oh, yeah. hold on. I need to look up her name really quick because I always forget her name. While you're doing that, I also meant to, to add when um, in Medusa, uh, deluxe that uh the woman that plays karen in wreck the uh kind of creative oh yeah direct a leader she's in it and she's really good in it as well i meant to mention that hell yeah so there's a call back to our our wreck episode but um so the uh, her name is um shoray agashdalu good uh, sorry agashdalu she was in the expanse she has the expanse? yeah so she is um in the expanse as like she's an iranian actor she was in run sweetheart run if anyone saw that at the end she she was also in that movie with ben kingsley yeah and jennifer Connor, yeah but i can't think of the name off the top of my head I love house her. of the no house of sand yes sand and fog house of sand and fog house of sand and fog we got there <laughs> yeah the house of sand and fog but she is in it as a villain and this bitch is Ooh. just Oh, I she's so good in everything she does. Like she just has such like an air about her, but she's really and her voice is just. Ugh, I wish she, I just wanted more of her in this, just because I love her. But what I just love that she's becoming like a genre, like a pop up of like a strong bad bitch in genre movies. I'm like continue this for her mm-hmm. because I love her. Yeah, she's so good and she just has this like air about her, especially in this and her outfits in this are incredible. Um, so yeah. So Renfield, if you want like a fun thing to watch this weekend in the theaters, I would highly suggest checking it out. So before we do move on to the found footage, oh I yeah, wanted to quickly bring up um, this TV show that I've been that I literally binged the entire first season over the course of a few days uh, from, which is a horrible name because you start trying to Google anything and the word from, and you're not going to get you're going to get anything but this TV show. So as much as maybe. It's going to make sense for a title. It's a horrible title. I'm just going to throw that out there because it's just not doing anything. 
However, I wanted to put this out there because season two is going to be dropping on April 20, 23rd. And the first season, it's an MGM Plus show, but it's also on Prime. And yeah. so you can watch the first season on Prime. Have you seen From? No, I haven't. I just know a lot about it. I just know that also Josh Korngut watched a bunch of it and is like, holy shit, people are sleeping on this movie. People are sleeping on this. I remember hearing about it when it first came out and I didn't really it was on it was streaming on paramount plus or it wasn't even Paramount. i don't cbs all access i don't remember it was streaming somewhere i didn't have it at the time i just I, I i just stayed away from it and i am so angry that i did but i'm so glad that i watched it now because it's it's by the executive one of the executive producers of lost and also director of lost uh that directed a lot of lost stuff jack bender who we also talked about with child's play three can't all be winners but um he also was an executive producer on Lost, and this feels very Lostian except horror. This is like, instead of getting lost on an island that has like genre sci-fi type stuff, they are trapped in a town where at night these zombie slash vampiric slash demonic creatures descend upon them with smiles that gives the smile lady from Smile a run for her money. And try to beckon people to open their doors and let and let them in and then they literally tear them apart just like rip open their rib cage devour their insides and leave the bodies so we have that going on while the town get traps people and they're stuck in this in this small town that literally just has a diner and a gas station and a church and a few houses. It's, so it's and not post-apocalyptic. They're just trapped in the town, right? They're okay. just trapped. Exactly. Couldn't remember. The town looks post-apocalyptic, but they are just, they come in from various places, yeah. but they all see the same thing. There's a tree along the road. They take a detour and they end up in this town and they can't escape. It's got and Stephen King vibes, season, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yes. Okay. It reminds me a little bit. It has like, um, I would say, Jerusalem, Jerusalem's lot kind of feel to it mixed with like Lost. Uh, I mean, and it's you're really speaking good. my language. It's paced so. Speaking my language. <laughs> it's paced so well. I know. I need like, to you know, watch. Lost it. was like. Seriously, I, I, the only reason I did is because someone had reached out and gave me screeners for season two, and I was like, "Fuck, I've not even seen season one. Let me see what the show's about." I started watching the first season on a lark, and I was like, "Nope, I got to finish this this show. It's paced so well. It is. There's not an ounce of fat, in my opinion, in this first season." This first season is just paced to perfection. There's always something going on. It is a locked box mystery of, of like lost feel. But like I'll tell you, every time an episode is over, it's like holy shit, it's the end of the episode. Next, even though these are like fifty five minute episodes, right. it's really enthralling television. All right. Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta get on the train. You're like the fourth person this week to talk to me about from. Like I gotta, I gotta hop on this shit. And then Harold. Uh, Perrineau is in it, and he's always yep. incredible. He was From in Lost. Lost. He was gonna say he was in Lost. Walt, mm-hmm. he was Walt's dad. Walt, Walt! but he's so good. <laughs> he's always so good in everything he's in. Like he was fucking mm-hmm. uh, Mercutio in the Romeo plus Juliet, Baz yes. Luhrmann movie. Anyway, yes, he was. I need to watch it. He's he's great in this. It's a great cast. It is a fantastic show. It's not afraid to put people through shit. Like, it will kill off characters that I was surprised to see killed off. It is incredibly vicious. Killing kids. Like, it, there's, it is Fuck going yeah. to go there. Fuck yeah. All right. It's going to go there. Um, so, just highly recommend 
first season, go watch it. And I'm going to talk about season two once season two comes out, but I'm going to talk in very minor terms. I want to put out here just because I was not prepared. There are spiders and they are terrifying. Just going to put that out there. I was not prepared for that. I literally watched some of the scenes with my hands over my eyes going, is it done yet? Because I can't. And they were gross. So paying it forward in that regard. You are God's strongest soldier. <laughs> All right. But uh, finally, what is this found footage movie recommended by Tony Kaufman on Patreon that he wanted me to see? What did we what did we watch this week, Mary Beth? We watched the 2015 found footage film Savage Land. I'm very curious about what you think of this movie. I've seen this movie multiple times. I have loved it. And I am very curious because this is like a deep cut found footage movie. This is like we're really putting Terry through the education, like deep cut education parts now. So here's here's what I will say. So like the, the premise behind Savage Land, and I think you've talked about this this on a Little Cuts episode, I believe. I've and talked you, about it before. I talked about it. I've talked about this movie in at least one occasion, if not multiple. <laughs> so there's like a an Arizona-Mexico border town that is wiped out overnight. The only survivor they find happens to be an illegal immigrant. And it follows a sort of like a documentary about his um, arrest, him basically being railroaded for the murder of dozens of people overnight and is sentenced to be executed. And then there is a roll of footage that ends up showing up um, of like, I think, 36. Is that right? Uh, Snapshots that. 30 something. Yeah, around that. Probably 30 because most film cameras only take about up to 30 shots i think yeah i couldn't i can't remember exactly the the number but there was like um 30 ish shots that uh this man had taken over the course of the night that show surprising things i was surprised at how professional this movie looked for something that is vaguely unheard of like yeah. I, I don't think this is one that keeps coming up no this is very much like you you really only know about it if you're like a more hardcore found footage head like this is not usually talked about with found footage unfortunately should be but it definitely is not a title that is like that comes up um when like found footage movies are talked about generally speaking but it, it's i was surprised at how professional it was and uh, I mean, listeners, we're going to talk about spoilers, so um, as as normal. But I just want to throw that out there. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to, it's pretty. This it's is a good streaming. Time to, it's pretty to easy stop. to find it on streaming. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it on Tubi. It's on Tubi. Yeah, I knew it was on Tubi. That's the only place I think it was available yeah. for me was on Tubi. But it might be on might be on the Roku channel too, according to IMDb. Listeners, if you I, I, hopefully you're either okay with spoilers or you've gone and watched the episode but what i thought was really fascinating is how this movie documented what would probably happen in the case of a real zombie uprising yeah that's what's so fucking scary about this movie too to me like there's no it made me think about it just made me think about like i mean not a living dead obviously with the the kind of quality of the images and the black and white nature of the shots Mm -hmm. and like just sort of the the stark features of these things on the hill slowly descending upon the town but 
it just got me it got me thinking oh my oh god if this were to really happen and we were to really have zombies happening you would not be able to tell that there was something happening because it would just be dead bodies that would be cut apart and shot in the head and if you're the only survivor in a town of dead bodies that have been eaten by the zombies who are either a dead or b have moved on to their next meal it's gonna look like you did it and that to me was like oh that's actually kind of terrifying and smart so that is one thing i really did like about it's a really smart take on both found footage and zombies like you know we've especially in 2015 that was like probably the tail end of like the zombie train that we were on for a a while Mm -hmm. in popular culture but it was again like we didn't see any like like ambling bodies we didn't see like guts falling out we saw these really incredible black and white photographs that are not clear at all and that's one of the things like you can tell like he's running and taking pictures these aren't like beautiful clear images like this is this is very much someone who is on the run and trying to like escape without without a flash flash. so like a lot of it Mm -hmm. the images that they create are terrifying on their own right and then it's just like this poor guy my one of the parts i think is the most chilling where he's like i don't want to get out of prison like i don't want to go back Mm -hmm. out there to where those things are because they basically like come and go and we don't know what's next so it's like this really fascinating again like the beginning of a zombie event happening and like capturing that here and it also is a very also political in terms of immigration that's the yeah Mm -hmm. like and again like found footage doesn't typically get political or do that but this is like a very poignant look at like how people think of mexican citizens and illegal immigration and like it's it it's i think it comes together especially for an indie horror movie that like not many people have heard of like it's really fucking smart yeah and what i guess what i did realize watching this is that these documentary style things don't really scare me like i wasn't scared at all through this i thought ooh, that image is kind of creepy but it didn't really like i don't know it didn't really affect me uh very much but i was really enthralled the entire way and it got me thinking about again, how smart it was to use this kind of problem to look at the way people scapegoat immigrants with um, all the ills of society is because of the people crossing the border. So I thought that was interesting. And I thought that it was an interesting, very grounded look at what actually probably would happen if there was a small zombie apocalypse. So it worked really well for me. I really enjoyed it. I was very surprised at how much I enjoyed it. See, like, ugh, this is why I love found footage, because people, so many people for so long, and this is quasi-directed at you, Terry, but not really because you've given it a chance, are like, oh, all the found footage is so shitty. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of shitty found footage because everyone thinks they can make a found footage movie. And that's why. Because mm-hmm. it is a really easy format for new filmmakers to go out and make things, which is great, but also you get a lot of bullshit. But... When I say that there are such intelligent, cool, smart things happening with found footage that we are not seeing with any other, like, narrative technique in horror, like, this is one of the movies I'm, like, talking about, of, like, writing off the subgenre of found footage is writing off some of the coolest shit I've ever seen done with a horror film and with zombies. And, like, I just think that there's so much that people miss out on because they're like, oh, found footage. And I'm like, no, I promise you. Like, and especially now that found footage is shifting with like unfriended and 
like playing with technology and influencer horror even more. It's just it's just cool what people can accomplish with it. And I think Savage Land is an example of something that needs a lot more credit, especially for when it was released. So I'm glad that you liked it. It's different than like most found footage, yeah. but I think that works with advantage for the most part. So I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I did. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so what are we uh, talking about next week on Little Cuts, Mary Beth? So next week on Little Cuts, we uh, we mentioned that we are going to be covering Panic Fest this weekend. So we will be talking about pa- all Panic Fest movies next week. So that'll be lots of cool, weird indie things that you probably haven't heard of, that I hadn't heard of. And I'm excited to dig in because I've got a, a super long list of cool shit to watch. I will say I am so far three for three on the movies I've watched for uh, Panic. Hell yeah! So. Oh, cool! Oh, I love to. Oh, I love to hear that. Oh, future little cuts watch along with the spookies. I do need to watch that. Oh, I would be down for that, Preparita, because I do love me some Los. Yeah, spookies. you've talked really about it, it on the show before. I'm sad that it got canceled. That'd be kind of a fun, a fun thing to we do. Can talk about it. All right. But then, um. What are we doing for our episode on Monday, Terry? So on Monday, we are going to be releasing, this is the first time we've we've done this on the main feed, we're going to be releasing a Patreon episode um, from Fresh Wounds, our $10 tier, to kind of give our listeners a little hint about what we are doing um, for our patrons. Uh, and we're releasing the one that we did on Lake Mungo, so that's exciting. And then also for our Patreon subscribers, we will be releasing a bonus mini-sode for the $5 and up tier um, for Scream 6 after the VOD uh, launches, and we have a chance to like rewatch it again. Uh, we're going to give you kind of a little spoilery discussion, sort of like we did with Barbarian back in December, I think it was, for our patrons, since, uh, again, we're putting up one of the fresh wounds episodes so. so listeners you've heard from us but we want to hear from you um have you seen any of the things that we've seen uh and want to you know tell us how you feel about them or which ones are you most excited about um you can send us an email mm-hmm. at scarred for life podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out to us directly on twitter i am at mb mcandrews and i'm a gaily dreadful and of course don't forget to follow the podcast on twitter at scarred podcast And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe, and sign up for our Patreon. By the time this episode is out, there is a a new Fesh Wounds episode on um, High Tension that you can listen to, almost like two hours worth of discussion. It is. Um, I know Mary I was editing it, and (laughs) just a quick side story about how much I love you guys as listeners. I edited it. It's a two-hour-long episode. I spent half of my day working on it, and then my Audacity project crashed and didn't recover the project. (laughs) So, um, that's why it's a little bit late. It's, I apologize, everybody. I had a week plus audacity lost like five hours, four or five hours of work for me. So it's just, but you know what? It's fine. We got it out. I've been there and it sucks. So I love you guys. This is how much we love you. I almost wanted to smash my computer into pieces. I didn't, but mentally I did. I know that feeling. I know that feeling so (laughs) well. Is this really happening? That happened to me once on like a really poorly no! audio episode. And the whole thing. So like you're like almost done and then it crashes after you've had to like do so much silencing and, and stuff. Like, and then it crashes. It's like, oh my I gotta God. take a walk. I quit. I gotta take a fucking walk worst. around the block. I know. It was, I was like, it was awful. Anyway, 
Thank you to Eric Bauer for artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thank you everyone for listening. Please stay safe out there, but most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. When you pick up some scratches, cause you want a fun break. The playful way you scratch is the next choice you should make. You can make your dog's leg kick and scratch with that. You could even grab a laser pointer and use your cat. You can build yourself a homemade scratching machine. Or use a piece from your chest set. Go ahead, grab the queen. Scratch like a DJ with your record player. A cactus could scratch off that scratchable layer. Cause when it comes to scratching, there's a million playful ways. Thanks to scratches from the California lottery, a little play can make your day. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase, play, or claim. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>